Wings Up, a podcast about FAMU athletics, is here to talk about FAMU in a positive light, what's going on, and always keep you abreast as to the most up-to-date events related to FAMU athletics, whether it's football, basketball, tennis, or even FAMU golf. We're going to talk about it. We're going to bring it up to the light. We're going to share it so that you can brag and tell all your other friends in the swag that FAMU is the greatest school on this side of heaven. I'm Keith Hadley, and I am a graduate of Florida University, and I also run the FAMU Fifth Quarter on Twitter. Like the Twitter page, follow it, and make sure you share it with your friends so that they can keep up to date as to how great FAMU is, so that if they're not a Rattler, they can know their kids need to be. Greetings and salutations, another episode of Things Up, and this time we are doing another episode of our recruiting blitz and we're highlighting the defensive players that have been offered by Florida A&M University and we're also getting ready for the FAMU spring game. Hopefully I'll be able to see you there getting very excited for that event and that activity and hopefully we're able to have this become something that is fruitful and prudent and productive and allowing us to be able to sign some of those students or just pique the interest at Florida A&M University and continue to get attention drawn towards that illustrious institution that sits on the highest of seven hills. That being said, we're going to start off with the defensive line, y'all. Not going to waste any time because last year ran kind of long. Start off with Caleb Bryant. He is a defensive lineman. So we're going to start off with the defensive line. He's from Vicksburg, Mississippi, 6'3", 250. He's a three, three-star athlete, and he has more than 10 offers interior lineman i watched his film on his huddle and of course huddle is a platform in which students put their highlights trying to show their best plays and on the plays that he has on his huddle he had a nice burst uh depending on his level of competition and that is just me being honest and saying there's a level of naivete because he's from mississippi i'm from florida uh native of north florida so i'm very familiar with the athletes that are in North Florida, what schools are good, what schools are not as good. I currently reside in Central Florida, so I'm also very familiar with the schools in the Central Florida area, which schools produce really good talent, which schools don't. And just because of being a Floridian, South Florida talent, I'm very familiar with them as well. But when we get outside of that Florida, South Georgia region, I have to more so depend on tape. And when you look at Bryant's tape, He's killing it. Uh, When the ball is snapped, he's dominating the talent. And again, 6'3", 250, uh, that that, that is more of that classic linebacker size, kind of Mike Singletary, middle linebacker. But the way the game has changed today, football is so much more spread out. The ball is in flight opposed to being on the ground. A gentleman that is 250 pounds is no longer considered a linebacker. He's an edge rusher. And if you can put a little weight on him, he becomes a defensive tackle because the football game itself has changed from being you have to stop the run to you have to be able to stop the pass. So he is a uh, 2023 recruit. And we're going to see that that's going to be a tough get for FAMU, partially because he is from Mississippi and Coach Prime and those guys at Jackson State are doing what they're doing. So we're going to be able to see uh, how this progresses and hopefully we'll see him at the spring game. Next gentleman is Antonio Fondren Jr. 
and he's from Minnesota, 6'5", 270-pound lineman. And FAMU looks like his first offer when you looked online. Uh, when I looked, I primarily used Rivals and 24-7 to gauge what schools recruited the students, as well as looking on their Twitter pages. And I, I hadn't seen any schools on his page. He doesn't have any stars at this time, but he's 6'5", 270, 2023 student. If the grades are good and he's able to get in, 6'5", 270 is a good size for alignment. And at that size, the question is, can he play offensive and defensive line? Because a guy that's about 270, he might be able to become a tackle if he's quick enough. So that's that's a different skill set from the defensive line. But you, you have a potential very versatile athlete that can be on the football team and that can be a big asset to the program going forward. Next gentleman, continuing with the defensive line, is Jordan Hall. He is from Westside High in Jacksonville, 6'4", 300. He's got multiple offers, but he's down to his top 12 offers. And he's a four-star prospect, 2023. And the only problem with this is, again, he's down to his top 12. That means he's starting to weed out and from what I remember, I don't, I didn't remember seeing FAMU in that top 12. So we, we got to kind of sometimes curve our enthusiasm because uh, we want every student that is offered to FAMU to sign to FAMU. But we also have to be realistic that if Alabama's offering a student, Auburn's offering them, Florida's offering them, the chances of them coming to Florida A&M, it's, it's not as high. I mean, just being a realist, I, I don't want to be that fan that is, jaded or that is over here lying to you i'm not gonna lie to you on the radio and in person i'm not gonna lie to you i'm gonna tell you the truth like you think that kid's coming to fam you i doubt it right now unless we're able to work some major nil things i don't see it happening um but we can see next is connor knight he is from pinson valley high school in alabama 6'3 275 every school in the nation wants this guy 2023 recruit but uh, it's going to be a tough get. Another one where you're starting to see a lot of schools that have offered them. I mean, Florida State, Florida, I believe, Miami. I, I want to recall Miami on that list as well. Just a who's who's of schools have offered this student. Very tough get. Just, just being honest as a fan and a person. That's going to be a tough get when everybody's wanting you. And But... Again, these relationships could be fruitful later on in time. You never give up on a recruit because you never know what, what could happen. I mean, we saw what happened with Marquise Bell where FAMU was not his first choice coming out of high school. But later on, he comes back, comes to FAMU, tears it up. Right now, last I saw, he's projected in the fourth round. And I, I think that's something that we can definitely mention to students. I, I think... That's just something that has to be said. Bomani Jones said something that was very poignant. I was listening to his radio show. We talk about all these schools that are producing NFL talent. You're not producing NFL talent. You're getting NFL caliber people that are recruits. So you're getting NFL caliber recruits. And all you're doing is just continuing to refine what is already a very refined product into something that is NFL ready. But if these students were to come to FAMU and Southern, they would still go to the NFL. We've seen that. That's the history of college football. That's that's why black college sports was so dominant in its heyday, opposed to now where the five-star recruits are not coming to FAMU as often. They're going to Florida, 
Alabama, Georgia, those students weren't doing that. They were coming to the historically black colleges, colleges and universities in the past. And we're seeing a little change with that. Hopefully, it's a positive change that continues selfishly as a FAMUN. Next gentleman, another defensive lineman, Keyshawn Mashburn from Monroe Day School, not very far from Tallahassee, if you're familiar. That is over there in that Gaston County area, 6'3", 260, no stars. And I think it's because of the school he goes to. Monroe Day is a small school, not a, if you're from Tallahassee, it's not a Lincoln or a Leon or Childs or Godby. Uh, obviously, Lincoln and Godby are your local massive products there. It's not a Lake City, Columbia. It's not a Orlando Jones, Coco, Miami Southridge, Miami Jackson, Miami Central School. It, it, it's not one of those schools. It's really not even a Madison County, if you're familiar with Florida football. Uh, it's it's a very small school. So that being small, a small school product, it's affecting his recruitment, in my opinion. So he is a 2024 recruit. So he's got a little bit of time, but we're going to see if some of the bigger schools are able to make their way to Gaston County, see his film, see his huddle, what kind of attention is he going to get? Because FAMU has a strong foothold in Gaston County, and that 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 can't be understated. It's not just because that is a traditional uh, recruiting area for Florida and University. It's also because Willie Simmons is from Gaston County. The head football coach is from there, and at Shanks, Coach Simmons was a monster. I, if you did not get the benefit of watching him play in high school, his highlights were amazing. I remember coming home on Friday nights and being like, all right, Friday night blitz is on. And Willie Simmons from Shanks is up there. And you're like, yo, this dude is slinging a rock. Like, Buddy buddy was a beast. So uh, give him his, giving him his credit and what he's been able to do as far as recruiting and continuing. As long as Willie Simmons is there, Gaston County is going to be FAMU East, FAMU West, uh, sorry, FAMU West or North. It's going to be an extension of Florida A&M University's territory as long as he's there. And even after he's gone, it's probably very likely to be a very FAMU-focused area. Next one is Eddie Pierre-Louis, and he is from Tampa Catholic, 6'4", 315. The guy's got more than 20 offers, and he's got no stars. He's a 2024 recruit. Tampa Catholic's a power, though. It's one of those schools that traditionally produces very good talent. That talent tends to go to pretty decent schools. I, I don't foresee us getting him uh, unless he just he wants to be a part of the change that is bringing students back to historically black colleges and universities. More than likely, I foresee him going to a UF, a Miami, or a school like that. Uh, unless Georgia, Alabama call, then he's gone that way, or Texas A&M. So that is the defensive line went through each one of the players and we've got some updated recruits in here i will read off some of the students from the twitter list uh that have been offered within the past couple weeks at the end of the show or past week actually not even a couple fam you recruiting is hot right now if you're not paying attention please follow the fq fam you twitter page i update that page every day uh day like today i was actually traveling from up there in the atlanta area and I didn't get to update as quick as normal, but that page is updated daily. Recruiting information, athletic information, and occasionally information about the university in general. I know they just had the STEM fair on campus, and FAMU has a great STEM program. We share the college engineering with Florida State University, as well as FAMU has 
a part in the Challenger Learning Center up there in Tallahassee as well. So shout out to the College of Engineering up there. Next, we're going to move to the linebacking core. And linebackers are probably our best. That's, to me, that's our best part of the defense. Uh, You just look at Isaiah Land, look at the transfers we've gotten in. FAMU's linebacking core is going to be solid. Really good linebackers this year. I I don't foresee, barring injury, linebacker being a position in which FAMU struggles. It's going to be a very good position this year, and I'm excited to see what this position group does. And I feel like our coaching staff is as well. Uh, we have one Zachary Davis. He's from Central Catholic High School in Portland, Oregon, 6'1", 225, and this kid's going to get offers from every school in the nation. He's a five-star prospect, 2025 student. I don't think he's coming to fam. I think he's similar to the Thibodeau gentleman that is actually going in the draft this year that went to Oregon. He came to FAMU. He did a visit, and it drew good attention to the university. I think it's a very similar thing. Hey, I want to get a little bit of the HBCU experience, see what it's like, and I'm still going to go to his PWI more than likely. But things could change between now and 2025. So we're going to definitely see with that what happens but again Zachary Davis 6'1 225 as a 2025 prospect that dude is going to blow up I probably just looking at his weight if he gets a little taller I think he becomes a defensive end uh and because you you can probably put another 15 to 20 pounds a 250 pound 260 pound defensive end that's 6364 is a very common thing in the NFL uh, I feel like if he stays a linebacker, he may have to shed a few pounds to get down to that 220 to 215 area just because, again, modern football, very focused on passing the ball, and you have to be able to play in space. I'm not saying the kid is slow. I'm just saying his weight is, is going to be a concern as far as whether he can play in space or not. Next gentleman is Cam Haynes, and he is from Flowery Branch High School, and that is in Metro Atlanta. If you're not familiar, Flowery Branch is actually where the Falcons have their training facilities. So the Atlanta Falcons training facilities are in Flowery Branch, Georgia, and his high school happens to be the Falcons as a logo. Uh, He's a six foot, 220 pound linebacker, and when you look at him, he's going to get all the colloquialisms for. We're trying to say this guy's white, but we're not trying to say he's white. He looks instinctive. He's a solid tackler. Nice for, uh, nice for a guy who's tackling. We have, but we have questions about his speed. Like he's gonna get those stereotypes, and he looks solid on film. I'm not gonna lie. The huddle that he showed, he's got good hands. Uh, he can play a line, line, linebacker or tight end. The question is if is height wise, if he can get into. A little bit taller he could potentially be a pretty solid tight end he catches the ball with his hands and in his huddle it wasn't like when he was tackling he wasn't blowing everyone up they were solid tackles he knew he was doing it was purposeful he wasn't that guy that was just throwing his shoulder into somebody and knocking the snot out of somebody with his shoulder and getting up and wolfing it up because when you're just throwing your shoulder sometimes you miss and you didn't wrap the dude up. He falls back. You're laying on the ground, ready to get up and wolf, and then Buddy's running 30 yards down the field because you didn't wrap nothing up. No, 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 no. Haynes is wrapping up. He's hitting with his eyes. I mean, just really good form tackling. No stars 
were seen at this time. And what I'm telling y'all, no stars are seen. It's not saying the student doesn't have any stars. It's saying when I was doing research on rivals and huddles, I did not see any stars on those pages. So I, I'm not besmirching the, the students or anything like that. I'm just saying when I researched at the time, I didn't see any stars uh, up under their name. Next one is a Hunter Teal. He is from Walton High School, another Metro Atlanta product. 6'1", 215 pounds, another guy. He catches the ball really well. He also plays tight end. No stars, but he's a 2024 prospect. So I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes at least a two- or three-star prospect. Uh, it looks like some of the recruiting services are now just starting to get into the 2024s and even some of the 23s. Uh, most of the 25s don't have recruiting stars next to them unless they are just these amazing guys. When, when I'm saying 2025, I'm saying 2025, 2024, 2023. And FAMU's got a 2026 20, kid that is coming on campus tomorrow. Crazy, y'all. Um, but that is our linebacking core. What I've noticed for most of the linebackers, very uh, big for their size, very instinctual. These, these are smart linebackers. Uh, and I do like that these are guys that we're reaching for that we have a potential to get. Uh, I, I think a lot of the five-star guys, we're offering them so that they know, hey, FAMU is here. Uh, we, if you ever, if you decide to make that call, FAMU's here. But I don't know how many of them are realistically saying, okay, FAMU's going to be my top choice. Uh, we did get a couple commitments last week, and I'm excited about those. Hopefully we can get some more. Uh, next side is the defensive backfield. And our defensive backfield was the best part of the defense last year, potentially. Your best player on the field was a safety. Uh, and Marquise Bell, Marquise Bell looked amazing for the past two seasons. Undoubtedly the best player on the field most times of the game and I mean just an amazing player uh, looking forward to his NFL future but in the defensive backfield we have one Jerome Carter the third uh, he's an FSU legacy if I remember correctly so that's going to be a question 61170 no stars 2024 students so we're going to see y'all how that goes uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see will Florida State come calling and Make sure that they extend the offer. I think if they extend the offer, that's where he's probably going, uh, especially if there is a family tie there. Next is a Devin Collier. So uh, it was Jerome Carter III. Now, Devin Collier. Collier is from Lee County High School. That's in Albany, in the Albany area. Six foot, 190. He plays both ways, but I think he's best on defense. No stars yet. 2024 uh, recruit. And looking at his film, six foot one, one ninety. I don't think a three star would be above saying that's probably going to be expected. Uh, to me, three stars doesn't mean what it used to be. Seems like a lot of your students that are, hey, he's a good player, maybe not great. Three stars. He's a above average player, has potential. Four stars, no doubter. This dude's amazing. If he doesn't get any trouble, doesn't have any injuries. He's going to make the league five stars. Um, and I, I feel like the five stars are a little biased towards the quarterbacks, but that's just my own uh, bias. But Collier looks pretty good. Lee County High School. Again, I'm big on this recruiting local talent. Albany is about an hour and a half, two hours from Tallahassee. 
You get him to come to FAMU. You're not just bringing him. You bring in mama. You bring in grandma. Maybe his dad, uncles, cousins. Next thing you know, the family's coming. Recruiting that local area is huge. We got to continue to get local talent because local talent is going to bring tickets. It, if someone is more than three hours from Bragg and from Tallahassee, the likelihood of them coming to a game is highly decreased. Not a lot of Rattlers coming from Orlando every week. They might ride the bus, but ain't going to be nobody riding every week from there. Jacksonville, maybe. But an hour, two hours, okay. Hey, we're going, we're going on campus, going to tailgate, hang out. If the game ends at 7 o'clock, you're home by 9. It's it's rational. So I, I, I like the idea of continuing to recruit local talent. And I'm not biased. I don't feel like local talent's better than the other places. The Big Ben has really good talent. South Georgia has good talent as well, as do parts of Alabama. But we do need to go into Miami. We do need to continue to go into Jacksonville. And we need to continue to go to this area, Metro Atlanta, for players like Caleb Downs. He's from Mill Creek High School in Beaufort, Georgia, pretty much the metropolitan Atlanta. Six foot, 185, five-star guy, 2024 student. Good luck. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not. I'm Just keep it a buck. He's from Atlanta. I think he's going to UGA or Bama. I'm just gonna be honest. He he ain't going to Tech. Like I, Tech Tech is terrible. If you're going to Georgia Tech, you might as well come to Fam. I'm just being real with y'all. Like that 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 program is in shambles, in my personal opinion. Even though they just made a great hire in the recruiting world, you might as well come to Fam. You. I mean, it's it is a better atmosphere right now. It is a winning program right now. Fam, you has got it going on, and it's the place to be. Uh, but I don't foresee us getting downs. I do foresee him going to a school like UGA, maybe a Florida or Florida State potentially. But honestly, just be honest with y'all, I don't know what Florida State's got going for it as far as a football program. Um, and I'm not trying to be that biased person. I'm, I, I love FAMU and FSU. I, I'm from Tallahassee. When FAMU and FSU do good, the city does good. Tax dollars roll in. I'm always pulling for both the universities as well as Tallahassee Community College. But I don't, I don't know what they got going on right now that's going to really promote four- and five-star products to come down there. What are you selling? Fam, you, I, can, I can sell you the HBCU experience. I can sell you brag. I can sell you the Marching 100. I can't sell you Doak Campbell Stadium right now. Doak is a beautiful edifice, beautiful stadium. But you're playing in front of 50, 60, sometimes 40,000 fans right now. It's, it's not selling out like it's used to. It, it ain't it ain't the dope when I was from when I was a kid and when I was in college. Like I've been to Florida State games and came home my ears ringing like oh god. You go to Bragg and it's it's just a, it's a different life, y'all. So I I just feel like the atmosphere at Bragg is a, honestly a little more a little more welcoming, a little more enticing for a high school student compared to what you're seeing at Florida State right this second. I hope that changes for Florida State. This ain't a part about Florida State, but. I'm an honest fam, you and but I'm an honest Tallahassee native as well. Uh, next one, Florida boy mentioned in the great state of Florida, Amari Farrell. He is from Lake City, Columbia, in Lake City High School. A 6'1", 195 pounds. The guy's got more than 15 offers. He's a four-star prospect, 2020-23 guy. I don't know if we get him. I'm just gonna be honest with y'all. If if the guy's four and five stars, I don't know if we get him. And it's not because I don't think we can. 
It's just saying the competition is there. And so if, if I got to pick between FAMU, University of Miami, and Miami's popping right now. That kid gets a UM offer, LSU offer. It's going to be a tough get to bring him over to FAMU because until we're able to kind of overcome some of those gaps, it's going to be a little tough for us to get those students to come here. Uh, next guy in the secondary is David Jones, and he is from the great state of Louisiana, Madison Prep High School, six foot 185. One thing I noticed in his huddle, he's a willing tackler, and sometimes you'll hear that that phrase, he's a willing tackler. And what they're really saying is he'll tackle somebody. He, it's He's not that dude that's just pushing people out. He'll, he'll throw a shoulder at you. He'll wrap up. Like, when he's got to get the tackle, he's going to make it. He catches quite a few picks on his huddle. Uh, but, man, <laughs> that quarterback's throwing some wounded ducks. Them, them things were bad. I mean, it was horrible for a lot of the picks. Like, just like. All right, the guy throws the ball, and it looks like he's literally throwing to Jones sometimes. Like, they were terrible passes, uh, a lot of them. But he caught the ball. Like, whether the ball is a good ball or not, it don't matter. The corner caught it. That's his job. Uh, but I want to see him in coverage a little bit more. Uh, in his huddle, he I didn't see him in – I didn't quite see him in coverage as much as I would want to. 2023 guy, no stars yet. But that's the only thing I would ask um, – Next time for your updates, put a little more of you in coverage. I think that's going to help you get some more stars, some more attention. And I think the fact that that quarterback looked like he sucked or looked like he was terrible in that particular game um, where you got those picks, I think that that has the viewer asking questions. And it's not that you're not a good corner, David. I think you're I think you're good. I just I just want to see some more. That's just me being biased and being honest. Uh, next guy is actually from Florida. And he is from Zephyr Hills High School, which is actually a metropolitan Tampa area. And 6'2", 170, no stars yet, 2025 guy. So we're playing the long haul. And we're going to talk about this in a little bit. He is a guy that you're going to see a lot of the 2025 guys are getting offered by FAMU. FAMU is trying to be that first school to offer. And that's a change I've seen. Uh, traditionally, even when I worked a little more closely with some high school students, FAMU was one of the last schools to offer some of the students sometimes, or they would wait till big schools got on them. And then all of a sudden they got an offer from Tennessee. I remember we had one student, he got an offer from Tennessee and then FAMU offers it. It's like, at the time FAMU wasn't doing well. It's like, dude, you you need to go offer those other kids. You didn't get on this kid soon enough. We're not doing that now. We're getting ahead of this. If a student looks like he's got some talent, shout out to coach to bless. Buddy is not playing at all. At all. Coach is out there recruiting dogs, and he's recruiting them early. Like, he is not playing. Coach Rispus is like, yep, you're good. You got talent. Why don't you come to FAMU? You good? Send me your film. He He's a different kind of aggressive. We I've never seen a FAMU recruiting coordinator this aggressive. Um, it's it's alarming sometimes because I, but I think it's going to pay off because it's going to create recruits, uh, recruiting relationships that we may or may not have, but it's also going to bring in some recruits that maybe wanted to come to family. We weren't getting that attention. I, I, I definitely was able to talk to one, uh, 
father and he was like man i really want my kids to go to fam and i, I can't get no responses and coach hit i say did you hit up coach like nah coach hit him up and but he got an offer and i mean coach is not playing any game so i'm gonna give coaches flowers man that it's a big difference I, i'm seeing it i don't know how long he stays here because if he's that kind of hungry he, he may end up somewhere else, uh, just just being transparent. Next gentleman is Jordan Pride from nearby Bluntstown. Bluntstown is not very far. That is in that Florida panhandle. That's in that, that driving distance to a FAMU game. He's there, 6'2", 175. He's a four-star corner. The problem is he's an FSU commit, 2024 student, I, I, and from what I've seen, he's a pretty hard FSU commit. So I want to see what that turns into. Florida State secondary by 24 is going to be prime for some players to make some moves. You have players like Travis J who will have been gone by then. I think that kid Knowles, Kevin, I believe the kid's name is Kevin Knowles. The kid's a beast. I think he may be either gone or out the door. FSU's got a pretty good secondary, expecting a lot from them. But a lot of those guys that are really good on the secondary should start cycling off for that year. And that may entice a player like Pride to honor his commitment. And either way, you're, you're driving to Tallahassee. So um, I, I want to see how that turns out for us. Uh, next one next one is Tristan Sion. And he's from the south side, my mama's school, Ricketts, uh, if you're from Tallahassee. But it's actually Rickards. High school, 6'1", 170. But he's got good ball skills. I um, believe he's actually from Louisiana, though. So he's leaning very much towards LSU when you look at his recruitment. Uh, he's, I project him as a safety. He runs a 4'5". He's not in that 4'4 space. And at 6'1", 170, he's not tall enough to be a Richard Sherman. Uh, Richard Sherman, if you're not familiar, he ain't the fastest. He ain't slow, you know. I don't want Sherman over there like, you calling me slow. No, 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 dude. I'm not saying you're slow. You're just not fast. Like, you're not a F4 corner. I think Richard Sherman runs like that 4 or 5 range off his 40, but he's smart. He's rangy. He's lanky. Uh, unless Tristan gets to like 6'3, six, 6'2, six, I don't know if he's able to play as a true cover corner like that, but he's a physical corner. He His bump and run coverage was looking real good on his film. Three star prospect. 2023 class so he's in that next class y'all so look forward to seeing him next one is zachary toby he's from okoe high school and that's in metro orlando so i may have to go check him out 61175 he's got more than 20 offers though three-star prospect 2023 student that's going to be a big issue i really feel like ucf is going to be the school to beat here and if ucf is a school to beat ucf's going to win uh ucf I don't even like UCF. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't hate them, but I don't like them like that. UCF has really great facilities. Everything's brand new. The stadium's pretty new. The baseball facility, like, everything's new. Indoor practice facility. And they have the they have the hearts of the local people here in the Orlando area. And if it's between family and UCF, he's going to UCF. Even though we have a few Akoi Knights on the roster currently, it's going to be a tough pull. Unless their secondary is overly packed, which UCF secondary tends to be very filled. Secondary wide receivers at UCF, they're never lacking. 
They're never lacking for running backs. Very seldom are they lacking for quarterbacks. They're always looking for defensive players, especially in the trenches. But a corner, 6'1", 175, that's good size. That's good height. I don't know if we get him over the Knights. Uh, next one is Sakovi White, 5'10", 165, 2024 guy. We're going to see what happens with him. Uh, we got a lot of guys that we're trying to get in here that we're trying to offer. Uh, next one, Aaron Williams. He's from California, 6'2", 180. He's got more than 20 offers, four stars, 2023. I'm going to say no. I doubt it. If he comes here, it's just to get the HBCU experience. But I'm highly doubtful uh, just because in my experience from watching college athletics, very few times the students in California come to Florida and just thrive. Um, and most of that is just from watching Florida State and Florida and other schools not saying they can't but it's not very likely because it's just so far away from home i mean that flight to california is long if you've never made the flight from tallahassee to la it's it's a journey it's a long ride and it's and that that's not to dissuade the students from coming to famu no by all means come to famu but let's let's be real with you it's a long ride it's a long flight and the drive is not it's not a drive it's, it's, that's that's not a drive that that's a that's a flight maker and it's an all-day flight lastly from our list of students that i have here in front of me is marcellus williams he is from st john's bosco in california that is a powerhouse program that is on the lines of a matter day uh, if you're in florida maybe in I, I wouldn't quite say img but they ain't far from it uh man it's a they're one of those schools, if you're in North Florida, Jacksonville area, they're like the bowl school. If you're in Tallahassee area, they're Lincoln Agabi area. Uh, if you are in that Tampa area, we're talking about Tampa Catholic type stuff, Orlando area. We're talking about where Edgewater is right now, Edgewater, Jones, the schools that are Coco, uh, Miami, Central, those schools that are at the top echelon of high school football within their area. St. John's Bosco is that school, and they play they play nationally. You'll oftentimes see them playing in Las Vegas against schools like Bishop Gorman on ESPN. So they they, they have good facilities. They they have facilities that rival FAMU's at in some areas. But he's a 5'11", 170-pound corner, multiple offers, looks really good in coverage. I mean, he's natural. Uh, he plays a ton of man and uh, press man in his huddle. Four star, two thousand twenty four kid. He looks good, y'all. I'm not I, like I, I'm not even gonna hold you on that one. He looks really good. Um, just being honest with y'all about that one. Now another student that we've recently offered um, within the past couple days uh, is Kingston Vial Mua Asa. And he is an inside linebacker, another guy from St. John's Bosco. And we're going to see. Uh, 6 230. And I'm reading this directly from his Twitter page because uh, I did go to the FQ Twitter page and check some of the updates that we have made to let y'all know. Again, we're reaching to those traditional powerhouses as far as high schools and trying to get some of those students to come here. Another guy is D. Creighton. He recently got an offer, also got. Um, offered by he's also visited UCF a couple other schools and he's a linebacker so four-star linebacker FAMU is continuing to pursue 
very good students um and we're gonna see very good athletes from prestigious programs we're not limiting ourselves only to the students that are here in our area another linebacker is Samaje Burrell he's been offered by Florida A&M University and we're gonna see what he turns into and again at this point I'm just pulling a few off Twitter page before we get out of here uh Neo Avery another one another St. John Bosco he actually is good council high school but on that level of four and five star he's a defensive end so famu's not they're not backing down and the last one i'm going to mention is Jaden shepherd he's a local product from nearby niceville i'll be honest with y'all niceville wasn't all that when i was going when i was in high school but in the past five to ten years niceville's got a really good pro uh, program over there in the florida panhandle right by destin so if you've never been there near destin and crestview beautiful beaches over there but he is a three-star according to his twitter page 2023 db so we're seeing fam you is over here recruiting very heavily and there are going to be some major questions that we have to ask in this recruiting game and for the players that we're recruiting first and foremost are our goals attainable All right that has to be the first thing that is asked are we realistically able to assign these students if we're not we're just offering them for the hell of it and for the attention of it. And that's cool if all you want is some freaking attention. But the problem is, if you're saving space for players that aren't realistically coming here, that can be problematic. I think we're realist about this. I think we're offering all the best because we feel like FAMU is worthy of having the best talent. And we're trying to change the narrative that, hey, HBCUs have lower tier talent and that you have to go to Alabama to go to the league. You don't. If you are already NFL caliber, you can go anywhere. It doesn't matter where you go as long as your tape doesn't lie. You can go to the league. Now, the question is how high in the league are you going to go? If you are a guy that is a three-star prospect and you blow it up at a HBCU, that's cool. You may not still go in the first round. Whereas if you go to an Alabama or a Florida State of Florida, you blow it up there, you may all of a sudden become a first or second round talent because there's more film on you. But we're starting to see with the advent of ESPNU and honestly, just the simple fact that some of these HBCUs are producing their own products, that the ability to see a student play football is a lot, it's easier, it's more accessible. Uh, the next question besides do we have a realistic shot at these students is obviously what what is their what's their history like are they getting in trouble are they not in trouble because another thing hbcus tend to get is the students who've gotten in trouble somewhere else gotten kicked off the team this is your second chance and that's great that's a part of what a lot of hbcus tend to do but we got to start becoming that first choice. What can we do to make FAMU your first choice? Uh, I, I feel like the investment is going to have to be there. We, including myself, as an alumni base, have to do better to support the university. And that's going to continue to go forward in helping the process. Additionally, though, we got to raise those funds. And part of raising the funds is probably, not probably, but definitely increasing our enrollment. So we, we definitely need to put some pressure on the Board of Governors to allow FAMU to get larger and put in some allocations for FAMU to be able to have additional housing. Like, 
there's no reason FAMU should have eight, 9,000 students when students like schools like West Florida, UNF are allowed to really grow with a lot less of the red tape that FAMU does. I, I do understand our past, but our past is also letting in students who weren't college ready. We got students that are beyond college ready that are being turned down by FAMU right now. Talking about 3.0s, 20 on the SAT, 3.4, but you got a 20 on the SAT. Ah, nah, those students should be getting in. They should be getting into the point where FAMU should, FAMU should be fluctuating within five years with fourteen to 15,000. 10-year goals should be FAMU being at 20,000 and being able to sustain 20 to 25 students. Thousand. That should be a that should be something that should be sustainable for the university because all of a sudden we're able to compete, we're able to bring in those additional revenues, we're producing enough graduates to where our alumni base stays large, and you're producing a sustainable product that is also fulfilling the needs of the city of Tallahassee. When football season is over, oh snap, you have additional revenue coming in. Last question is, and it relates back to those grades, are they eligible? And one of the things we don't talk about is, are these students eligible? And a lot of people will say, well, they went to FAMU because they couldn't go nowhere else. Malarkey, that's a bunch of bull. The NCAA operates on a sliding scale. Go look it up if you don't believe me. Now, do some schools make it harder to get in within the sliding scale than others? Absolutely. But... If you meet the ramp, the requirements on the sliding scale, it don't matter. It could be Florida. It could be Stanford. It could be FAMU. It could be UCF. The requirements are the same according to the NCA sliding scale. Based on your test scores, you need a certain GPA. So if you have very low test scores, then you need a higher GPA. If you have a higher GPA or higher, higher test scores. So let me slow down and say this right. If you have low test scores, you need a high GPA. If you have high test scores, it, it, it fluctuates. So, sorry. So, low test scores, high GPA. Low test scores, anyways, you're going to get it. Sorry. So, yeah, low test scores, high GPA, high test scores, low GPA. There we go. Sorry. Didn't have it written down. But fam, fam U's got to make sure that we're getting players that are eligible. Um, I, I think that's not a problem I've seen a lot of. I haven't seen a lot of our students sign and then they're not able to get in or they're gray shirted or they're sitting on the bench for a year until they get their grades right. I mean, we saw within this past year where one of the students, and I'm not going to call his name because I don't want to embarrass him, uh, but if you watch the show, he had grade problems. And coach was like, yo, you got to get your stuff straight. How about this? We'll redshirt you so you can get your grades straight. And he did. And it kind of hurt the gentleman's feelings, but... It was needed to be done. Otherwise, he's going to flunk out potentially or have waste a whole year of eligibility bull, jive, bull jiving around. So um, those are the big questions that I feel like we have to ask ourselves. But we see within the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, FAMU is recruiting three and four star talent, uh, not just students that haven't been rated. I would definitely like to see us continue to pursue junior college transfers uh, junior college transfers are a wealth as far as experience that's already been refined already been honed 
and continue to raid the transfer portal. The transfer portal is going to be huge, y'all. There's some guys out there in the transfer portal that thought they were going to end up somewhere and have not been offered. Uh, there's a gentleman from, from the University of Alabama at Birmingham, linebacker, and he left there, fifth-year senior from Miami. He's waiting on an offer. I feel like that's an opportunity, FAMU. I, I mean, that's an opportunity. He's an undersized linebacker slash safety. Throw that kid an offer. He's hungry. He, uh, but also high school. High, this that extra COVID year messed over a lot of these high school students. Uh, you're really gonna see a good spike in the quality of talent that comes into these HBCUs for the next three to five years. Even Division two schools are gonna eat because they you have that extended COVID year that's gonna last for really five years, maybe six. So all those students that got caught up in that COVID year got an extra year of eligibility. And now all of a sudden, you still have those same roster limitations. And this guy is a freshman from that year. And instead of playing four years in a red shirt, he might be at FAMU or some other school for six years. Those In those years, those are taking scholarships away from high school recruits. And if it's not at a... FAMU or an FSU or an Alabama, then oh snap, this dude may be a four-star athlete, three-star athlete but now there's no space for him to go. Now he's got to go to the next school that's open and that's going to open up spaces, uh, opportunities that's for schools like FAMU Alabama A&M, Alabama State, Alcorn State North Carolina A&T Valdosta State, whatever to get talent that they previously weren't getting and once the talent is able to do well at those schools, that opens up another, that exposes another weakness or another hole in the market of saying, hey, I was a three-star athlete. I went to FAM. I'm in the league. Wait, I can do that there? Then why am I here at Florida State, especially if you're a minority and you're going to some of those schools where the demographics aren't something that you want to be a part of? Maybe you're you're a black student or you're familiar with black people and you want to go to an HBCU, get the HBCU experience. And somebody that plays your position is going to the league. I'm a lot more likely to go there because now the pros know to come to that school and you can get the in, in you know, NFL quality players from there. It's just like any other place. If I get good food from a restaurant, I'm going to keep going to that restaurant. If I get good talent from a school, I'm going to keep going to that school. There were 30 of 32 NFL teams there and several CFL teams at FAMU's Pro Day. That's because Marquise Bell put on a freaking show at the Combine. And Savion probably did pretty, he looked pretty good in his video. I didn't get to see Bishop Bonnet's video, but he looked pretty good. All right, y'all, we are running long, um, but let's finish up by, we have a lot of students coming into FAMU this week. If you are on campus, uh, talk talk nice to them, as kids like to say. Say something nice. Give them a hearty um, hello, welcome, welcome to them, welcome them to the highest of seven hills, uh, because this is huge. We also have the orange and green game on Saturday. Prayerfully, I will be there. I will do my best to be there. Drop some pictures and also do a broadcast on that uh, Saturday afternoon after the orange and green game, so that I can make my normal weekend post um 
But we have we have a lot going on at the highest of seven hills. Baseball team just swept Alabama A and M. The tennis team came down to Daytona and beat the wascally Wildcats. Softball team lost to BCU. Season series ends tomorrow. But it's a lot of good things going on at FAMU. We're going to talk about that next week. Spring sports, baseball, softball, tennis, and also track. We had a Rattler do some things at the Florida Relays, y'all. So it ain't over because football season is over. And we're also going to talk about the orange and green game a little bit. And hopefully we got a little something brewing on YouTube pretty soon, too. So we're branching out. We're doing a little bit of everything here on the show. And uh, with that being said, y'all support your Rattlers, support your Boosters, and it's always going to be Fangs Up.